What is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of the Prague Pod, the podcast all about progress. I'm excited for you guys tuning in. Um, I was going to say every week, but we don't really have a schedule like that. It's just every so often to hear from our wonderful guests, to share their unique stories of progress, um, to reaffirm to you every single time that progress is possible, that you have a purpose, and that you're here for a reason. And tonight's guest is the perfect person to do that. I'm really excited to be here with Nancy Windmill. She's the founder of Simply Hope, uh, a family outreach organization here locally, and also, more recently, Teen Hope. So I'm excited for her to tell you guys about both of those and all the work that she does in our community. But first, um, both of these things kind of really sprung for you out of an experience you had with your own family. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? That's right. And I'm really excited to be here, Noah, and I think what you do is amazing yourself. It's, a, it's good to bring awareness to so many things in the community mm -hmm. and to mental health. So yeah. I think it's awesome what you do. Well, um, you. you know, all of this started about seven and a half, eight years ago when my son was in two car, car, excuse me, car accidents <laughs> back to back. Yeah. Um, he was severely injured and had a lot of pain and back injuries. He also had wow. broke his back in high school mm -hmm. um, in a soccer game. And so he began taking pain pills for degenerative disc disease. Okay. And so he felt like that was his answer. Um, but over time, he could slowly feel himself getting more and more addicted to these pain pills. And he actually came to us and said, I have a problem and I need help. Um, but by the time his dad and I were on board with what was happening, because he was an adult, you know, we didn't go to his doctor's appointments or anything with right. him. And it was kind of too far. It, it was way beyond something we were able to control. And opioid addiction is one of the most painful um, addictions there is to withdraw from. It's worse than any other severe flu you could have. It's They they say it's like double what influenza feels like. Often people feel like they're dying. Oh, wow. They become so ill. So we just felt like he needed to have some more help than what we were capable of and we sent him away to a treatment facility. And um, when he came back, he went back to his doctor and was re-prescribed everything, and we didn't know oh, wow. that. And That's the really scary thing about this, mm -hmm. is he's not getting them in a back alley, mm -mm. he's getting them from his doctor who he should trust. Yep, and we trusted too, that's the scary part. And the problem with opioid addiction is when you start taking those, um, you have to take more and more and more to get the effect, mm -hmm. um, and, and that's a problem. But then the other scary part is when you withdraw from them and you are clean from them, your brain tells you to keep taking as many as you used to take sure. before you were clean. And But your body, once it's clean, it has to build back up. Right. And so a lot of people, that's what people die from on opioids, and that's why we hear it in the news so much nationally. Mm -hmm. And in our community, that's why people are dying from fentanyl and stuff because a body has to learn to tolerate something right. for so long. And unfortunately for him, we it was during the fair and he took those prescriptions and he overdosed. And luckily his girlfriend happened to be at our house and she knew he wasn't breathing right and something was wrong. And she was able to call us, which we ran home and were able to call the ambulance and mm -hmm. the paramedics came and the fire truck and they had to work on him all the way to the hospital. As a matter of fact, the ER doctor told us that he didn't know if he could save him. 
and that was a really scary time and I didn't know where where to go for help or what to do and the doctors seemed to be really limited on resources that they had and I didn't have education in this I didn't even know this could happen and yeah. So it was a really scary time, and it was yeah. a life-changing time. I can imagine. As a mom, I can't think of a more helpless feeling than your baby, who just you know mm-hmm. just barely has left the nest, and now they're in so much trouble. They're, they're trapped with this addiction. How did you take that helpless situation and all that fear and turn it into something where now uh, you're benefiting so many other people? Uh, obviously, there's training, and there's a lot, a lot of work and years of practice that's gone into that. But what was it that shifted your mindset from you and your own situation and being stuck there to a a situation where you're more focused on service? Well, Sherry and I, who work the outreach together now, Mm -hmm. um, we were working as secretaries of Burley High School together. Mm -hmm. And we found out that both of our sons had an an addiction. And we would talk a lot about it and what could we do and how could we help them and how could we help other yeah. families and oh, where was the help. Oh, it's not just me. It's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I found that out over the years is there are a lot of us that have family members and it's really difficult to talk to, talk about mm-hmm. with each other that um, addiction is kind of one of those taboo subjects. Right. So I was, I'm a really prayerful person and I believe in a higher power and Um, I was actually getting ready for work one day and I felt a really strong impression that I needed to put a post on Facebook and ask if there were any other families in the area that needed support and help like I did with somebody struggling with addiction. And that was really hard for me because really what you want to do is just put the covers over your head and hide. It's hard to admit. You've just outed yourself. Yeah. (laughs) And your whole family. Right. Even though it's, like we said, not something that's your fault. Mm -hmm. I mean... He was prescribing. He started out because that was the thing he needed to to help him with the pain he was dealing with. Right. But it just over time grew to be so much more. And mm-hmm. and that's really how Simply Help was born. A post on Facebook and a conversation with a friend at work. And, and then I had about 16 people message me and they yeah. all showed up to this meeting. And, and it's just been going every Monday night ever since. Wow. But... In the, in the last seven and a half years, there's been so many other people come to us for other kind of family issues. So mm-hmm. we have um, people who have come because they've lost children to suicide related to addiction also. And we have families here because of divorce and some of it has been because of um, addiction. The teen center came about because of me being a secretary and having mm-hmm. kids like yourself in my office that felt like they were from just you know, quote, normal families sure. that had these secrets and the kids mm. didn't know how to deal with it and didn't have anybody to talk to. And then our suicide rate, as you know, got so much higher in our community with teens and adults. Mm. And we just felt like we could just do so much more. So Simply Hope has just continued to evolve and wow. grow and has all these different groups, support groups for adults and all these different groups for kids. and. We're trying to write a grant to become an assessment center now. Oh, wow. And it'll make us kind of a mini, I hate to say the word crisis, but it will be a kind of for teens where if they get in trouble at school or something happens, they'll come over here first and have an assessment done and we'll be able to help link them to maybe a counselor instead of them going to detention or 
instead of going to the hospital and sitting in an ER for 12 hours waiting to talk to a professional on a camera, they'll instead be able to have an assessment done and we can maybe link them quicker right. to a mental health We can health see that this is a, a resource problem. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the most amazing things in that story is that it all started with, with the access that we have now, with the internet, with how connected we are. It all started with your courage to share mm -hmm. something that was going on underneath. Yeah. And because you did that, it opened the door and opened your eyes to see so many other people who were struggling with similar things or with different things. I think we all have an invisible struggle to a degree. Mm -hmm. and, and Simply Hope is such a wonderful way for us to get together and to make that visible, to make it tangible, to have people affirm to you that, yeah, that's real, mm -hmm. you know, it's okay that you're, you're feeling that way and we can work together to, to overcome it or to learn to deal with it in a healthier way. Well, group support mm -hmm. is like one of the most healing things that there yeah. is. That true empathy and group processing when people talk and work through issues together and there's no judgment there and there's a lot of love and healing in a room. Mm -hmm. You know, the Simply Hope group went from, it's fluctuated over the years. Um, you know, it was 18 strong for a long mm -hmm. time, then it went up to like 32 one night. It was oh, wow. crazy. And then... And then it dwindled back down when we had to meet at CSI. I felt like that was a real hamper for us because people yeah. felt like it wasn't private enough. Sure. And um, so some nights we'd maybe only have six, mm -hmm. but now consistently we have 20 plus people every mm -hmm. Monday night. And there's confidentiality there. There's, you know, people from similar backgrounds and all walks of life, but there's so much love and empathy and that's so much more important than just compassion. You know, Brene Brown does a great example of what compassion is and empathy is. That's a video you should look at because yeah. it's just a three minute little video. And, you know, people go around going, well, I feel like I'm a compassionate person. Well, compassion's not necessarily a great thing. You want to have empathy and that's truly mm -hmm. understanding someone you might not have been through the exact same thing but we've all had trauma in our life we've sure. all had things and experiences we can draw from mm -hmm. to have empathy for one another and that's when healing takes place a lot of people want and need validation I hurt I'm in pain and this mm -hmm. is hard and once they feel validated they can grow and rise up from it instead right. of feeling suffocated by the trauma absolutely yes yeah uh, along with that, something new that you're working on is Teen Hope. Yeah. Would you give us a little bit of the differentiation for those who are listening? Um, how Teen Hope is different from Simply Hope and what you come yeah. to Teen Hope for? So Teen Hope is for ages 13 to 18 mm -hmm. and it is open from 4 to 7 every day. And well, Monday through Thursday, we're finding Fridays are a little iffy because sure. we were open from 10 or 11 to 2 and it seems like you kids want to stay home on Fridays and I don't blame you. <laughs> They're still so, sleeping. <laughs> yeah, still hanging out, chilling. But so um, Monday through Thursday, kids come there. They walk in, they sign a little sign in sheet um, at, that they came in and what time. Of course, after your first visit, you sign a contract with us and your parents that it's just basic you know, leave judgment at the door. Right. Everybody's welcome. We want kids from all the area schools and not just, you know, a certain select group of kids. And we want to just f create a safe space for kids to come hang out. We've always got projects and things going on. Yesterday they were making great big bubbles out in the parking lot with these giant bubble things. We're getting ready to have a kids camp um, May or June 7th and 8th. Yeah. And 
we just do fun things at five o'clock. We learn kind of a lesson and talk about some subjects that are hard. And then at six o'clock, we have dinner. And if you're hungry, tonight's leftover pizza, I think, though. There you it go. It's supposed <laughs> to be spaghetti, but that didn't quite happen. But um, there's always food around, and nobody has to ask for it. You get to go to the kitchen and get what you want, and you just clean up after yourself. And there's different things to do. You can play ping pong or... Mm chill out and kind of watch some TV or work in your art journal or yeah you know whatever and there's adults around that if you need to talk to somebody you can and and there's musical instruments if you want to go in the music room and play right. and relax that way it really is incredible what you've created and I love the simplicity of the name both of Simply Hope and of Teen Hope and another word that comes to my mind along with hope which it definitely is the source of hope is that it's also it's just so natural and normal it's like a home Mm -hmm. uh, you you come in here and most of those words you just you use to describe uh, teen hope are words that you could use to describe my home or some of the more comfortable and inviting homes that I've been in. Mm -hmm. And so I, I appreciate you for creating a home and a place for the teens in our community. Well, it's my pleasure. There's yeah. a lot of great people that just need a little bit of hope. Absolutely. Of course there are. I'm curious, what's been one of your biggest struggles? As somebody going into this with such pure intentions and so focused and inspired uh, about what you want to create, um, sometimes we can get some slaps in the face of the real world, quote unquote, of, oh, we need money, of, oh, mm -hmm. there's th this paperwork we have to fill out. What, what has been one of the hardest challenges? And also, what has been the driving force to get you through those roadblocks in the way of what you've created? Well, some of it's been people to believe in me. Mm. Um, People couldn't figure out what I was trying to do, and then I would get also labeled, oh, you're just a support group. And mm -hmm. I knew it was so much more than that. So it was hard um, for a while there to get people to catch the vision of what this could be and what um, we were trying to create. Yeah. And then money was a barrier for quite a while. My husband and I went around. When we could see it wasn't going to work where it was taking place anymore, that it needed to grow further, we needed to have a divorce support group. We needed to have a grief group. We needed to sure. be able to offer other things. Mm -hmm. um, we went around and got a lot of private donations to overcome that barrier and rent our own space. And then we outgrew that space and went to a new space. And then we outgrew that space and we're in the space we're in now. And yeah. then because of the Lynch Foundation, we were able to rent a place big enough for the teen center to be a part of us too. Mm -hmm. And now we're outgrowing this space yes, yeah. and stuff. So. You know, um, but what's exciting, Noah, is all of a sudden people are starting to believe, like, you know, to receive that great news today that we're going to get something we really wanted yes. <laughs> for a while that will help with the teen center is just, and to have people believe in you. Um, we all want people to believe in us. and But I will tell you this, when I stay close to my higher power, mm -hmm. um, he inspires me to to approach certain people and he leads me to people who can help and <clears throat> I really feel strong in my heart that 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 this is what it's all about is he wants us to take care of each other while we're here on this earth he doesn't care what color we are he doesn't care what our background is he right. doesn't he doesn't care about any of that what, how much money, <coughs> excuse me, we have in our mm -hmm. wallet. He doesn't care about any of that. He just wants us to take care of each other. 
and that is what Simply Hope is all about. It, yes. It's all about just, I. it's not just me. It's when you walk in here, I've seen you too, Noah, and it's putting your arm around a kid that's really struggling that day and trying to lift him up and having an impact. It's It takes each other in a community, and that's what Simply Hope is trying to yeah. do is just create that community of support and love and help people through some really hard times. Right. Yes, it's beautifully serendipitous that the thing you've created uh, supplies the thing that you also needed, mm -hmm. the support, the support factor of that. And there's been beautiful progress throughout the whole process of uh, outgrowing the buildings. I, I love that, that visual for it. But not only is there progress in that, but there's progress of the message of hope spreading throughout the community. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a beautiful thing. Typically at the end of our episodes, I like to acknowledge the guests for who they're becoming, for the work that they're doing, the impact that they're creating. Um, but I think also an important thing, especially for folks like you and me who are driven, who are, I suspect, a little bit motivated by a perfectionist voice in our head mm -hmm. to acknowledge ourselves uh, for the progress that we've made. So I'm curious for you, when did that moment come? Or maybe if it still needs to be created and crafted, um, that you knew that you had created or at least were on the correct road to creating what you were sent here to do? You know, that's a, in my mind, a two-part question. Mm -hmm. One, it had to be when I changed myself. Mm. When I, when I changed some behaviors and some thoughts within myself, I was able to give a lot more to other people. When I healed what was broken about me, um, I was so better equipped with the tools I needed to help other families and other people. And then, you know, when I watched some miracles take place, the first couple of years, Simply Hope um, was up and running. I, that's when I was hooked all the way in. I understood better the purpose behind all of this. And, you know, serving others has just helped me so much in healing myself. My family is so far from perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, we're still going through some really hard battles with not necessarily the same son, but with a different one. And it's heartbreaking and we're not perfect. But that perfection is is a, a driving tool, but it's also a nemesis, right. you know, because it's just not possible. Mm -hmm. And when I finally let go of that perfection and just learn to just love myself and what I could offer people yeah. and turn that voice off in my head that said, oh, they might think this or they might think that. And I I can serve better. I can love better and I can progress. Yes. And that's what I think it's all about. Yes, it absolutely is. Thank you so much for all that you've shared, Nancy. And thank you more than more than that for who you are, for who you're becoming and for what you're offering others as well. You yeah. too, Noah. You're you. offering a Appreciate lot you. too. So <laughs> you're a great guy. It, it's a beautiful thing to, to come in here and visit and uh, we all need to be less busy because I need to make more time to come in here and to see the smiles on the kids' faces and it's clear to see what it's about. Yeah. Uh, so, come anytime. We'll take okay. it. Thank you very much. And you guys as well. I'll make sure in this episode description to include the information so you know how to support Simply Hope and Teen Hope and so you can also be a part of this journey and of this, this progress that we're all making together. Thank you so much.